Good morning and welcome to today's episode of Transformed. Um, we're continuing our Me 3 series. And, and today I want to talk to you about how we are to sacrifice selfish ambition. Welcome to today's message with Pastor Jim Balzano. I want to thank Park Home for our studio furniture and Taylor Design and Events for designing our studio. There's a story that goes like this. A father had a family of sons. Unfortunately, these sons weren't very nice to each other. There was constant quarreling, bickering, arguing, and no matter what the father said to the sons, it didn't do any good. As a result, he thought long and hard about what he could say. He wanted to provide them with a lesson that would help them realize the impact that their constant quarreling would ultimately have upon them. One day, the quarreling became aggressive and even violent. The father broke it up, and he sent each son to a different corner of the yard. It was at this point that this father came up with an idea. So he went in, and he sent one of his sons to bring him a bundle of sticks from the forest. And he tied the bundle of sticks, and he asked each son to take turns in trying to break the bundle. And each of them tried very hard, but could not come close to snapping the bundle of sticks. The father then untied the bundle, and he gave each son one stick, and he asked them to break it, to which they did very easily. And he said to them, my sons, don't you see how if you help each other and you work together with each other, it will be impossible for your enemies to injure you. But if you continue to be divided among yourselves, you won't be any stronger than a single stick of that bundle. Unity is so crucial for God's people if we're going to walk in power. A unified church is a powerful church, as illustrated in the book of Acts. If God's people live with the calling of putting God first, others second, and me third, the result should be a unified people. Now, here's what Paul told the Philippians. He said that they could make his joy complete if they would do the following. He said, by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, and intent on one purpose. That's Philippians 2. Paul tells them their unity would make his joy complete, and then tells them how to do that. One of the first things that Paul addresses is telling them how to acquire this unity is to avoid selfish ambition. Ambition in and of itself is not bad. I mean, after all, who wants to marry or be united to a person who doesn't have ambition? Employers don't want to hire people who have no ambition. I don't want to have pastors on staff that have no ambition. Ambition isn't wrong. Selfish ambition is wrong. And Paul warns the Philippians against this type of ambition. The word used for selfish has a meaning of electioneering or intriguing for office. This word, found before New Testament times only in Aristotle's writings, where it denotes a self-seeking pursuit of political office by unfair means. The art of politicking is to be able to put yourself forward to win an office. <laughs> Man, that will speak to today's climate, won't it? But we'll talk about that another day. And while there are those who have done so with pure motives, there are those who have done so with nothing more than personal ambition. In the kingdom of God, there is no place for selfish politicking that promotes one believer over another with selfish ambition. 
When that spirit enters into a person or a church, there is a competitive spirit that takes over. If it happens, then people do what so often happens within the political arena, mudslinging and, and criticism and negativity about each other. To look better and to put myself forward, I have to make someone else look bad. Selfish ambition that is motivated strictly by personal advancement or promotion is not kingdom. It is not kingdom ambition. Kingdom ambition puts God's kingdom first in our lives. Kingdom ambition looks like the spirit of John the Baptist who decreased so Jesus could increase. The ambition of the kingdom is the cry of Jesus declaring not his will be done, but he put his father's will before his. How do I know if my ambition is good or bad? Is there a litmus test that will help me determine whether or not I'm working with kingdom ambition or personal ambition? Yes, while there are, th while there are many things there are two that I want to talk about. The first thing I think we need to do is we need to ask this question. Does what I'm doing glorify God or does it glorify me? We all know whether or not we're looking to gain the favor of men when we are after selfish motives. To be sure, there are times when God uses you for his glory that you will receive recognition. That isn't wrong. Accept it with humility, but be careful when you find yourself working for that recognition rather than working according to his plan. The second question I believe that needs to be asked is, will others benefit from it? Kingdom ambition will always result in the glory of God and the enhancement of others. Moses sacrificed to lead the people of God out of Egypt to their benefit and to the glory of God. It's hard to read the Bible without seeing God using men and women to bring him glory while benefiting others. When personal ambitions are championed over kingdom ambition, unity is lost. However, when personal ambition is suppressed for kingdom ambition, unity becomes a fuel for a mighty people. The early church became a powerful people because the believers' ambitions were for the God's kingdom, not their own kingdom. They worked for the glory of God and the benefit of others. Therefore, they put God first, other seconds, and themselves third, which means they had to suppress and they had to nullify and control the urge to have selfish ambition run their lives. And so for you and I, let us be aware of the temptation to have selfish ambition before kingdom ambition. And let us put it in the proper order of God first, other second, and me third for his glory and the benefit of others. Have a great week.